Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Well, I'm glad that Jesus paid it all, not some, not part, but in full. And I'm so thankful that the Lord is faithful and continues to help us in the matters that we face on a day-to-day. And uh, the Lord knew exactly what was going to happen today, and I uh, trust that you're going to pray for our pastor. Matter of fact, let's just find out, will you commit to pray for our pastor this week? Would you raise your hand? Well, I'm sure that would encourage him greatly. And uh, those of you that are being faithful here to this church in presence, thank you for being so faithful. And online, thank you for being faithful. And we're going to take our Bible and look at Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And I'm thankful for the opportunity provided by Pastor. And um, we'll continue to pray for him. I'm thankful for our staff. I'm thankful for Brother Rich. I'm thankful for uh, Stephanie that serves as secretary. And obviously thankful for Pastor and Desiree. And we just had a great staff and a great church it's a great place to be, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. And probably a small part, but I'm thankful to be at any part at all, anywhere, above ground, is a good day. Right? Okay, if you're, if you're listening, you'll catch that. But uh, Mark, Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is where we find ourselves this morning. And I know you bounced up and down all around, and I uh, apologize for that. But uh, we're going to, out of respect for not me, the Scripture, it's way more important than me. I pray that God speaks to you from the Scripture, not from the, from the uh, servant of God, but through the Scripture this morning. More than me, the message is more important. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, if you would stand out of respect for the Scripture, and then we'll have you sit the rest of the time, okay? All right, great. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. If you're a visitor here with us this morning, we are so glad you're here. We're thankful that you chose Open Bible to uh, visit this morning. Mark chapter 2, verse 13 says this, And he went forth again by the seaside, and the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. This is Jesus. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. Notice what he did, and he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole... Have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Would you bow with me in prayer, please? And I would ask that you pray that God speaks to you this morning. I'm asking God to speak to me. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for any opportunity to open up the Word of God, and a privilege it is. Lord, I thank you that we can be in your house this morning. Thank you for open Bible. Thank you that it is here for Williamstown, and that you, in your will wanted this church to be right where it's at. Lord, I thank you for the people that have come this morning. Lord, I pray we've come to hear from you. And Lord, I pray that you'll use me 
And Lord, I pray that I will be dead to myself and completely alive to Christ. Lord, may you open up the word of God in a clear way to us. We will behold wondrous things out of thy law. I pray that you'll use this message right where we need it most in each and every individual need. We'll thank you and praise you for it because only you can do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As you notice, probably in verse 13 and 14, you see that Jesus is telling Levi, which is otherwise known as Matthew, he says, hey, follow me. By the way, we do well to follow Christ. And you can say this to other people, follow me as I follow Christ, but only if you're following Christ. Please do that. If you're not following Christ, don't even say to follow you because the biggest and most important person you can follow is Christ. And we want Christ to be seen in our life, and I pray that's your desire. I'm sure it is. But for Levi, it's time for him to follow Christ. And Christ literally, right there as he is passing by, he says, hey, follow me. There's been a time in your life, there needs to be continual times in your life, where you realize that Christ is saying, follow me to you and, and to me. And individually saying that on a day-to-day basis, we need to listen to that. We need to hear that. And as human beings, we are creatures of habit. Maybe it's just me, but I think we have some funny phrases in our uh, vocabulary. And most of the time, it's our responses to the the regular phrases that we hear. You know, just a simple matter of, how are you doing? And we say, I'm doing. I'm doing? Okay, what is that supposed to mean? (laughs) Or we say, how are you doing? Well, same as always. I don't don't know how we figure out what the same as always is, but uh, I don't know what that means exactly. Or maybe we respond to, how are you doing? Well, I can't complain. Great. I'm glad you're not complaining. And I'm thankful for that. So keep that to yourself. Wonderful. And we say, how's it going? What is it? Well, you know what it is. It is what it is. Okay. I don't ever remember hearing that as I was growing up, but I'm sure the generation that we live in now knows exactly what that means. I have no idea, and it's okay. I'm all right to probably not know. And maybe that it, hopefully, just means a day, a minute, a second. Um, Or if you want to sound cool, you say, what's up? That's better than what's down. But I I don't know all these things, all these phrases. Uh, One of the things that is often said at our house is it's time. It's time to get up. It's time to eat. It's time to sleep. It's time to go to school. It's time. It's time. It's time to, to do whatever it might be. And we often find ourselves saying, it's time. It's time. And I would say to you this morning that it's, it's time. It is time. And the timing is right for you and I to follow Jesus. Amen. You know, one of those times that uh, we get into it at our houses on Friday, it can be very special if our children are ready for school by a certain time. For us, it's 7.30, and that's quite the accomplishment. I would give all the credit to my wife, nothing to do with me at all whatsoever. I'm not a morning person, as many of you know. But I try to help out where I can but majority of it is up to the kids, whether they get on, on time and, and whether they're ready to go. And if they are at 730, it gives us enough time to hit up a smoothie place on Friday morning. That's a great thing for them. So it's kind of an incentive and an initiative. And there's been times where we've hit it up, but there's been many times where we have not gone to get smoothies because we're past time. And we've got to get, we gotta get to school. That's more important. But when we say it's time, we're saying, hey, it's right now. we got to go. There's an appointment. There's a commitment. There's something that we got to be at. And wherever you're going, you want to be on time. 
I'm thankful that uh, in the ministry, uh, early on in my ministry, I had a pastor that said, on time is late. And uh, many of you are just cringing at that statement even. But uh, when we say it's time, it is right now. And aren't you glad that God is not limited by time? And the Word of God shows us many times that God is not bound by time at all. In Psalms 90, 40, Moses is talking about God, and he says this about God, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. God's timing is always right, by the way, and always right on time. The Word of God talks a good bit about time. In Ecclesiastes, if you want to see about time, you would find in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 a lot about time. But God says in verse 17, He'll judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every purpose and for every work. In Proverbs 27, 1, it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, man's timing is a lot different than God. It said that uh, the average worldwide lifespan is the age 70 for men and 75 for women. Women always do it better than men. I don't know what the deal is. But uh, they just want to outlive us. They just want to out, out, outdo all kinds of things. But uh, anyways, uh, sleeping a total of 23 years of your life if you're a 70-year-old man. So you, you, have slept, you have slept for 23 years of your life at the age, by the age 70. You had worked for a total of 16 years. That's close to 23% of your life. You would have watched TV for at least eight years of your life. Wow. The social media and the leisure, at least five years of, that, of your life would total up to be that if you're a 70-year-old man. And you would have traveled maybe six years. You would have eight. Yes, six years of just eating. And another six years of sickness, chores, grooming, and all the other things that kind of mis fall into the miscellaneous. But honestly, what can be said is, really, the way we spend our time defines who we are. And in Ephesians 5.16, it says we are to be redeeming the time because the days are evil. That word redeem, one of the meanings of that word redeem means it's limited. And you and I have no idea how much time we have. You say, yeah, I have 24 hours in my day, the same as every, everyone else, but you don't know how many days you do have of those 24 hours. And time itself is a very limited resource. That word limited, maybe some of you wives would cringe at this when you send your husband to the store because he sees that word limited, buy one, get one, and he, and he stocks up. And so he can't pass that up. That's a deal. I mean, it's a limited time only. And i got to get it in my cart. Maybe it's vice versa. Maybe it's your husband with your wives. But uh, limited editions and limited editions of art, limited editions of cars, limited editions of whatever it might be. Why? What are they saying? This is only a certain amount. There's only been so many made. And when God says redeem the time, he's saying time is limited and we need to make the most of our life for God. So the way that we spend our time, it does define who we are. Really, it could be said, who you are is based upon what you've done with your time, even up to this point of your life. That's important. And what we're going to do with the rest of the time of our life, however long it might be, only God knows, but he does tell us to redeem it. Limited, treated as if there's only so much of it. We want to be wise with it. So how do we do this? Well, let's look at this passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 2, 
verse 13. Would you notice, please, with me? In verse 13, it says, And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. In verse 13, you see that Jesus is walking by the seaside, and what is he doing? He's teaching. He's on the move. Yes, once again. Was Jesus not always on the move? If you study scripture, you'll see that he's always on the move. Jesus desired to get out among the people. He didn't shy away from the people. He wanted to be with the people, and he got out among the people. It says he went forth. Verse 13, and he went forth. You know, Jesus was not content to sit and wait for people to come to him. No, he went where they were. By the way, this is in very much contrast, catch this, this is in very much contrast to our common traditions of our day. And just because we have a building that's built or walls are put up or signs displayed or posts on media, if we're not careful, we can think that that's all it takes. We must get out. We must go. We must, as Jesus explained here and, and, and with his example to us and for our life as well, we need to get to the lost and, have, yes, ask them to come in, but we better go to them before they'll ever come in. And so he went forth. The mission of the church is to evangelize and to edify. And Jesus is out there. I mean, he's out in his community. I mean, he's walking the seaside. He's, in essence, our day, the streets. In our day, where the people are. He went forth, and he's saying, hey, Matthew, as he's out, he sees Matthew. He says, hey, Matthew, follow me. And he chose Matthew. And he says to Matthew, in, in essence, hey, Matthew, go where I'm going. See what I see. Watch what I do. Spend some time with me. Get some one-on-one -on -one with me. Well, wouldn't that be so special to have one-on-one -on -one with Jesus? You and I can. Don't think it's just for Matthew. No, no, no. You and I can have one-on-one -on -one with Jesus today. It's not just for the Bible characters of those days. They were ordinary men that God wanted to do extraordinary things with. But only when they gave their life to God. Only when they gave their life to Jesus and said, yes, I'll follow you. Sure, I'll follow you. And this is what Jesus has in mind for us. I want to ask you this morning, as we kind of begin here a little bit, do you and I see people the way that Jesus sees them? My first point would be, see the way Jesus sees. The time is right for you and I to see the way Jesus sees. How are we going to do that? We've got to spend time with him. We've got to spend time with God. And Mark 16, 15 says this, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Can I ask you this morning, is there anyone on the face of this earth, in this world, that you would not talk to? That you would not have anything to do, whether it be on the phone, whether it be passing them by. By the way, that passing by is not, oh, I see you there. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 hi. No, no, that passing by was, was noticing and seeing Matthew enough to say, eye contact, engaged with the person, showing some love to Matthew. We'll get to this a little bit later here. Matthew's one that no one else wanted anything to do with. He's a tax collector. That sound familiar? We live in New Jersey. May I remind you? So it's really seeing the way Jesus sees 
is there's not going to be anybody that you aren't willing to talk to. Because remember, Jesus died for all, he loves all, and he gave himself for all. And so in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 13, you see that he was out there with them. He walked among them. What does Jesus see? Well, let's notice a couple of things. How do you know that you and I are seeing people the way that Jesus saw them? Notice three things that take place that Jesus does here. In verse 14, they all start with the letter S, verse 14 and verse 15. And as he passed by, he saw. Do you see people the way Jesus sees them? Do you think Jesus would love them? I'm going to love them. But they look this way, but they're... But, uh, uh. No, wait, wait a second. You're already getting past the point that the way that Jesus sees them when you're already having your mind go there. Better be careful. You see the way people see, sees them? If so, you're going to speak to them. Because notice it says, And the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him. So you're not going to see them. You're going to go the extra little mile there, the initiative to not just walk on by and act like you didn't see them. No, you saw them and you're going to speak to them. You're going to open up your mouth as hard as it might be, depending on what subject you're talking about. But we're talking about Jesus. We're seeing the way people see Jesus. We want to see the way, the way Jesus sees. We want to see people the way Jesus sees them. And so we see them, and then we're going to speak to them. And notice what it says. It goes on another step in verse 15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat, starting a relationship. You know, those you sit with at the table, you want at your table. Because you asked them to be at your table. Hopefully that's the case. But you're willing to spend time with them. You're willing to take the extra mile to maybe prepare something for them, to have them in your house, at your place, and you're willing to maybe be at a coffee shop down the road with them and sit with them because you want to reach them for Christ. And so it takes getting out of these walls and getting out among them. And this is for you, this is for me. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself this morning. And so we got to get out, we got to see, we got to speak, we got to sit with them. And you'll see that in Matthew 9. You'll see that in Luke 5, another account of what this talks about. But in verse 14, as I mentioned earlier, it says, As he passed by, and he didn't just pass over them, he really spent time to make sure that he talked with them. And he saw, he spoke, and he sat. So Jesus stops and talks to the one who no one really wants to talk with, who no one else would give the time of day. And he says, Follow. Please understand that Jesus is noticing the one who everyone else would consider as an outcast. Here's Levi. Folks ignore him because he is a tax collector. There is no doubt people would go out of their way to avoid this guy. He is going to get their money. Matter of fact, so much so, he wants to find out. Sound, see if this sounds familiar. He wants to find out how many wheels they have, maybe axles today, how, much, how many items they carry, maybe the weight of the vehicle, Right? As you go underneath the, the pass, you know, and you're getting dinged or you have to stop and throw the change in. How many people, maybe we would say dependents, how many animals they had, um, on and on it would go. And the limit was endless because he was a tax collector. He wanted to line his pockets with as much as they could. And so that's Matthew. He wants to see what they have to gauge how much he can get from them. By the way, 
it's very important that we make sure we're not looking at people of what we can get from them, but what we can give to them. Big difference. Big difference. And what Jesus had done, he had just shattered all the stereotypes of that day. He had just shattered all the thoughts of the scribes and Pharisees had about the tax collector. He had just offered friendship when all others were scorning this man. So I want to ask you this morning, who are you and I willing to see? Who are you and I willing to take that extra step and speak to? Who are you and I willing to say, hey, can I, can I get with you? Hey, can I sit with you? Hey, I want to befriend you. I want to show the love of Christ to you. See, what, what I love about Jesus is that he went after the one everyone else didn't have anything to do with. That's my Jesus. Amen. By the way, that's your Jesus. And that's the Jesus we are to represent today. And see Jesus the way everyone else not was willing to see, but the way Jesus saw. And Jesus looks for that opportunities, and he looks for that. May I say to you today, it's time. Right now is the time that we see the way Jesus sees. A lady a little while back ago told me a story of how she was literally going into a Wawa. They're everywhere around this area, as you know. And she noticed a man that was sitting on the ground all huddled up, all huddled up and uh, obviously an, an obvious need. And so she went into that Wawa and, and got some things for him and brought those things back out to him. And as she gave these items to him and the kindness of that gesture, which is a great thing to do, you might think he would just say, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for these. But he said, thank you for seeing me. See, we as Christians, we can really make a great impact, greater impact than you and I believe we can, if we're willing to see the one who everyone else walks by. And it might take buying a candy bar because you might want to take it another step to speak. And then after you speak... It might take, hey, can I get you something else? Can I do something else for you? It might take, as he's huddled up on the concrete, it might take getting down there and sitting right next to him. But he doesn't smell good. But he doesn't look good. You don't look good. You don't smell good either in your sin. But it's worth getting down on the concrete. I mean, Jesus put himself up on the cross. You think you can get down on the concrete? Oh, I think so. Oh, I think I, I, sh I should too. And so the seeing, the speaking, the sitting. Levi, he arose, he followed. In verse 14, I'm so glad he did. Levi, Matthew, he gave up a lot. See, Peter and Andrew and James and John, they'd go back to the boats. They'd go back to fishing. And there was always fish to catch. There's a lot of fish to catch if, if you go to the water and if you have a boat. And you can always return back, but guess what? Matthew, do you think he could return back to being a tax collector when he said, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus? Sure couldn't. Do you think he wanted to get as much as he could get from someone and show true following to Jesus as a tax collector? No way. So Matthew is leaving all. He's, he's, he's not having anything as a backup plan. He doesn't have plan B. No, he's following Jesus completely. By the way, you and I would do well to just say, Jesus, I follow you today. I want to follow you today. 
I don't know what that means all completely, but I sure want to make sure that I'm in step with where you are in step. I need to see the way Jesus sees. And I, I want to make sure that I'm following Jesus. In Matthew 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That doesn't sound easy because it's not. Uh, whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And Matthew knew when he was saying that he arose and followed him, and after Jesus said, follow me, and he did that, that was not easy. And neither is it for you and me. It's not for the faint of heart to follow Christ. Matthew's decisions to follow Christ that day literally changed his life. And by the way, the decision you and I make on a day-to-day basis, whether it be that we need to follow Christ initially to just trust in him for our salvation or after being saved as a Christian to continue to follow him, it is going to literally change our life. And it can literally change you and I's life. And, and it changed my life. The day that I got saved is the day that changed my life forever. By the way, if you're not saved here this morning, I encourage you, I prompt you, today is the day of salvation. The timing is right. And so, God used Matthew in a big way. He's the first man to give the world a book on the teaching of Jesus. And it all started with him following Jesus. It's time, it's the right time to see, to speak, to sit. And the timing is right that we follow Jesus in this way. One of the things that I noticed that he did, this is Jesus. And when Jesus was seen, he saw others' condition. Would you notice, please, with me, verse 15, as we're traveling down through these verses. Verse 15, And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans, says many, publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Do you notice in verse 16, it will say again, publicans and sinners, and it says it two times. Matter of fact, in these two verses, verse 15 and 16, you'll see it mentioned three times. Publicans and sinners. Publicans and sinners. Publicans and sinners. Because Jesus had not just called a tax collector and stopped there. Jesus continued on. Not just a disciple, but now he's willing to teach and to sit with publicans and sinners. And that's going to make a statement when he sits with them and he breaks meat with them. And Matthew's not the only one that he wanted to follow Jesus, but he invited sinners and friends to Jesus. And by the way, when Matthew was following Jesus, he invited some of these people to be with Jesus that we're even reading about right now, the publicans and sinners. This is Matthew already. Because when you see Jesus, when you spend time with Jesus, you want to tell others about Jesus. And you see their condition as Jesus sees the condition and, and so when Jesus changes you, you want others to be changed. When you're dead to yourself, you're alive about telling others about Jesus. And so Jesus is on a mission. It's very clear. He's eating with them. He's spending time with these publicans and sinners, the disciples, many people here. And he's really having some uh, critics that come. Can you imagine that? Verse 16. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples... How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? By the way, if Jesus had critics, you and I were probably going to have critics as well if we're following what Jesus wants us to follow and seeing the way Jesus wants us to see. And these men, these people, scribes and Pharisees, they're being critical. And by the way, you cannot, may I state this clearly, you cannot be critical of people and say that you are getting people to Christ. 
That's not how it works. You don't get people to Christ by being critical of Christ and showing Christ by a critical spirit. No, 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 that's not how it works. That's not, the, the gospel is, is, is very much a matter of leading them to Jesus. And so find interesting that they don't, they don't go to the source. What do they do? They go to the disciples. They said to the disciples, they didn't say to Jesus, but what are they doing? They're judging Jesus' motive. They're judging who is there with him. And they said this, and they're trying to figure out a motive. By the way, it's not our job to try to figure out motives. Jesus has got it. God's got it, and he doesn't need you and my help. All right? And our help with it at all. How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Why is he doing this? Because Jesus is concerned about their heart condition and their soul. Scribes and Pharisees, they're more concerned about who he's with, what he's doing this for. They're trying to judge Jesus' motive. Why would he be with these people? Because Jesus loves them. Because he cares for them just as much. He didn't care more for Matthew because he said, follow me. No, he cared just as much for the publicans and sinners that he was sitting with and he wanted them there. He doesn't leave them. He spends time with them. He sits with them. Why? Because Jesus loved them and cared for them. And we, we see that we will not see others' need for the Savior if our mind is on what we think others are doing wrong or others are, are man, I don't know about them. No, how is it that eateth and dream of publics and sinners? Because he wanted them to, to experience Jesus. Even Jesus wanted them to experience Jesus. See, these scribes and Pharisees, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to take away from what Jesus is doing, really. They're trying to take away that time that they're having with Jesus and they're sitting with Jesus. And so what they're trying to do is that they're trying to take life away because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And by the way, true friends don't take life out of you. They give you life. True friends don't take, they give. True friends bring you closer to God. They don't take you away from God. Are you listening, teenager? They get you closer to God. They don't take you away from God. That's true friends. The scribes and Pharisees are trying to be a stumbling block. They're not trying to be a stepping stone to Jesus. They're trying to be a stumbling block to Jesus. So much so in verse 18 and 19. Look with me if you would. Verse 18 and 19, it says, And the disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say to him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. Jesus Get this, would you please with me? In verse 18 and 19, his response, his emphasis back is on the needs to be with Jesus. He says it like this, that it's as if like the bride and groom just got married. They need time to figure out how to live together. They need to take that step of getting to know each other first. This is the difference of knowing God and walking with God. Because you can have the scribes and Pharisees, and they think they know what God is doing and how, well how come the disciples aren't fasting then and how come you're sitting and, and eating with the scribes and Pharisees and how come this and how come that and how come how come how come how come everywhere the questions are arising but wait a second Jesus is more about these people getting to know Jesus for the first time following him spending time with him and coming to know him not just to know him oh I know Jesus no to walk with him and to walk with God and they don't get it. They come back in verse 23 and verse 24. They talk about the Sabbath. And they keep on asking questions. Well, is it lawful? Is it not? And Jesus is really emphasizing in verse 27 and 28 to finish out the chapter. He says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. 
Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. In other words, get caught up with the Son of Man that is what matters most. In other words, it's always right to spend time with Jesus. Always. And the timing is right to be all about Jesus. And so we see others' condition. We see the way Jesus sees. And then lastly, we need to see our condition. And I want to put a disclaimer here that I had no idea as I go into this point, I had no idea of what I'm going to tell you, um, you know, obviously with pastor or any, anyone that might be struggling with the COVID matter. Because I want to say that we, our condition, we need to see ourselves sick. And this has nothing to do with COVID. None whatsoever. And I don't mean a good sick either. You know, that's a phrase these days. That's sick. No. That connotation of being cool or whatever, that's not what I'm talking about either. But you see yourself in need of a physician. Would you please notice with me in verse 17. It says, When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, I don't know if you knew this, but we need to see ourselves sick without Christ. And we've all known someone who's stubborn to get care and needs help and all this matter and all that, but we have all a need ourselves. And salvation to people who know they're not righteous, that's the only way it comes, if you know you're not righteous. If you think you're righteous, you think you got it all together, you think you're perfect, you're not going to see yourself as a sinner. And sick in our sin, and as for a Christian, it might be arrogance, it might be self-righteousness, it might be selfishness, it might be pride, the judgment of others, it might be giving to the world, the flesh and the devil, and we all struggle in these areas. But the devil desires to dampen our love for God by convincing us that we don't need God when we need the physician and we're sick in our sin. And I want to tell you something that might surprise you, that you've come to a room full of a bunch of sick people. And I don't mean COVID either. I mean, we are all sinners at best. That's the sickness I'm talking about. We need to pray and we need to ask the Lord for his help with those who have struggled. And this pandemic is, is real. But the thing of it is, there's something even much more real than this. There's something way much more bigger than this. And that is that we are all in need of a physician. We need to take his medicine. We need to lean on his care. We might not think it looks like it, but you've come to a spiritual infirmary this morning. This is a spiritual hospital. You just don't see beds. You happen to see pews. But there are people sitting on each and every pew. And some of us realize we're sick. And some of us think that others are sick and not ourselves. By all means, no, 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 not me. But wait a second. You've got to see yourself sick in your sin to even get salvation. You've got to see yourself sick in your sin to be cured for heaven. And cured for sanctification and, and cured for a relationship with God. And cured, not just as Matthew says, to stand up and, and follow him, but to be able to trust in him enough to follow him because you put your trust in Christ for salvation and then you say, yes, I'll follow you on a day-to-day -day basis. That's a cure you and I all need because we're sick and we're sinners at best. Because we've all been saved, we still need a Savior. I want to ask you this morning, do you see yourself sick? Do I see myself sick? Would you turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I know this is probably not the 
best way to close out a message per se, but I believe this is what the Lord would have for us this morning. If I didn't, I, I pray I wouldn't even um, go into this at all. But 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, it says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's me, that's you. Covetous, that's me, that's you. Boasters, that's me, that's you. Proud, no, not me. Okay, you're, you're showing your pride right there. That's me, that's you. Blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, that's me, that's you. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, that's me, that's you. Incident, fierce, despisers of those that are good, that's me, that's you. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, that's me, that's you. And so, see, we've got to see ourselves sick. And by the way, the more sick visits we make to Jesus, the better we can be. And the more cure will come from seeking Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this morning, how often are your visits to Jesus' office? How frequent are you making a phone call to Jesus? How frequent are you and I spending time with Jesus? Are we truly following Jesus? It's more than words. It's the walk behind the talk. And it's coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to ask you this morning, do you see yourself as a sinner with sin in your life? And if you have not come to, to know Jesus and have not put your trust in Christ Luke 5, 32 says he came to call all sinners to repentance. And I pray that you'll see yourself sick in your sin enough to say, I need a Savior. And the great physician is available. And there's no waiting in line. It's not that, oh, he's at lunch. No, he's available. He has the cure greater than any medicine you'll ever get here on this earth. Salvation, the cure for heaven can be your own if you put your trust in Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised us from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's the greatest cure that can come to any, any of us. And dear Christian, you and I, the biggest mistake you and I will ever make is to think ourselves righteous enough to not need Jesus. I got it all figured out. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. The Bible says, who can, most men, but, but a faithful man, who can find? Proverbs 26, 12 says, Seest thou man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. And the Apostle Paul, if the Apostle Paul can say this, by the way, uh, I'm sure you and I can say it. He says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And I want to say this to you this morning in closing. Every one of us needs to see ourselves as the chiefest of sinners. I need to see myself as the chiefest of sinners. You need to see yourself as the chiefest of sinners and that we need this physician. We need Jesus. And so the time is right that we see the way Jesus sees. The time is right that we say, follow me as I follow Christ. And there's got to be a Matthew in your life. And you need Matthews in your life. But you also need some publicans and sinners. Don't just stop with Matthew. And to bring them to Jesus and to say they're, they're going with you to heaven. 
The time is right where others' condition is enough to get them to the physician. And the time is right that we see ourselves sick, and I'm sick, and I need help, and i got to get help, and I need to go to God on a daily basis. God, I need you. Oh, I need you. And I cannot live without you. I do not want to do this on my own. It'll be a flop. It'll be a failure. And I'm putting my trust in you, Jesus, to show me how to live today, that I might walk in your steps, that I might follow you, and the time is right that we spend time with him. And then in verse 28, it says of our chapter, Mark 2, that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And so the time is right to spend time with Jesus. Would you bow your head with me, please? I want to ask you a few questions. Has there been a time in your life where you said, I will follow Jesus? Where you've sought Jesus out because you see yourself sick in your sin? And you want a Savior that will wash you as white as snow, that will cleanse you. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. This morning, there's one this morning saying, Preacher, I, I have not made that decision. I have not put my trust in Christ for salvation. And I sure want to come to that position. Is there anyone like that? Would you maybe raise your hand and just... Since you're not at a time in your life where you put your trust in Christ for salvation, that heaven is your home, are you certain of that? 100% sure? Anyone like that this morning? Dear Christian, how much time are you, if I may, at the physician's office spending time with Jesus? Did you spend time with Jesus this morning or did you just count on the service to be your, your get-up, your, your, your dose, your shot that, that you, you, want, you came? I'm thankful you came, but it's not enough because you need to have your own walk with Jesus. You need to have your own time with Jesus and spend time with Jesus. You say this morning, but Tyler, the Lord is working on my heart to spend more time with Him. Would you raise your hand for that? Thank you, Lord, for the way that you can speak to all of us. Help us to take what we've heard and live it out. And Lord, I pray that if there be one this morning that does not know you, that they would come to know you this morning. We'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, accepted him today into your life and, and you put your faith in him i would like to send you free of charge two things first i'd like to send you this book done is written by a friend of mine what other religions don't tell you about the bible and then secondly a brand new bible just like this one i'd like to send to you so please do me a favor first i'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the lord jesus christ Fill out the electronic connection card right below. Click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in, and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store.
If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.